Welcome into episode 209 of the Modern Drummer Podcast with Mike and Mike. And we have two sponsors for this week's episode. Doc Sweeney Drums is, uh, if you haven't checked out Doc Sweeney Drums, you should probably uh, hit the Google machine now, check out some of their stuff. They are one of only a few companies that, that make um, steam bent, you know, solid shell kits, not just snare drums but in particular they're having if you're in the chicago area on saturday september 21st they are hosting a drum hang so this is going to be located at rock space studio that is at uh, 2736 west chicago avenue um, there's a phone number here if you want to pause and write this down it is 773-689-5340. You can call them for any questions or if you would like to uh, RSVP. They are going to be showing their new classic collection as well as their Legend Series snares. And they'll have a few of their kits there. Um, these are really, really high quality, beautiful looking, sounding um, Cream de la Creme drums. So check them out. Again, that's Doc Sweeney Drums, the drum, drum Hang Chicago edition at Rock Space Studios. That's on West Chicago Avenue, September 21st, 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. Definitely get over there and give them some support. And uh, let them know that, they, that you heard this on the Mind Drummer podcast. Our second sponsor is a new um, a new sponsor for us as well. This is Movement Drum Company. Movement um, has designed a new practice pad. So the it's a 12-inch pad, double-sided. It's got a rim, and it's designed to have four different hitting surfaces. So this, they're calling it the 4-in-1 practice pad. Um, they are suggesting if you can only have one practice pad, this would be the one for you. The pads are fully rimmed and include four different playing surfaces, making it a very complete and versatile pad. There is a conditioning insert, so you can you have your standard hard rubber, and then you put this softer uh, foam rubber insert into the onto the pad for chops building and endurance. And there's also a laminated insert. Um, that gives you a lot more articulation, which would be good if you want to practice with other drummers. If you're in a drum line or if you want to just chop out with your friends and you want a little bit more sound, there's the laminated insert. And there's also a brush insert for practicing brushes. So if you go to www.movementdrum.co uh, and you place an order, you will get 10% off if you use the promo code Modern Drummer 10. That's Modern with a capital M, Drummer with a capital D, and then one zero. That will get you 10% off the pad. Um, also, free shipping for anyone who's in the U.S. Again, that's the Movement Drum Co., the 4-in-1 practice pad. Go over to their site. That is movementdrum.co. Use the promo code Modern Drummer 10. That's capital M, capital D, one zero, and I'll get you 10% off your order. All right, our intro beat here. This is by uh, Marcus Kink. So this is taken from a song that he recorded with his indie pop band, uh, Bronski 11. So it's from a couple years ago. The song is called Dark Daylight. It's off of the album Music from the Bronsk. Um, Marcus is playing a Thomas Dark Classic Birch Babinga performer kit. So this is Marcus from Germany, and let's get the show going. Train arrive, platform four, walking in the slowly fading half-light. Then I hear all the fear, swelling like a ghost across the atmosphere. All right, I want to ask you how you're doing before you get a chance to ask me how I'm doing. How are what? you doing? <laughs> Flipping the script. I'm doing good. I, I'm, I'm a little worn out uh, just because I've been putting in long hours. I've got a camp going on right now. 
I got to say, I, I won the camp lottery with the campers as far as they're making this week so easy as far as their attitudes and their support for one another that it actually is freeing up some emotional and mental space for me to work on the stuff for Amsterdam. So the campers leave tonight. You know, we'll probably finish up around midnight and then my car picks me up at 4 a.m. to take me to Amsterdam. All so right. I'll have four hours to go home and pack and Sleep get ready. Sleep on the plane, I guess. Sleep on the plane. I land on Sunday morning. They'll take me to the airport for a shower. I'm mean, sorry. They'll take me to the hotel for a shower and then straight to the stage for my first speech. Holy smokes, man. You're going to be, uh, I'm going to be on that runner's high. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm working really hard on slowing down because I know that I'm going to be super excited and I have 30 minutes, but I've made sure that my speech is about 35 minutes. That way, if I'm speaking fast, yeah, It'll, it'll all average out, but it's also the last, I'd say the last 12 minutes, it's very modular. There, It's a bunch of two-minute parts that I can take two or three of them out if I need to, or I can expand on any of them if I need to. Because there will be a clock at the front of the stage, and Adobe does not mess around. 29, 59, <laughs> you should be, they should be seeing your tush. You are walking <laughs> off that stage. I saw that you posted a, a preview of the video they made. When is it going on the site? Yeah, so that'll be, I think, oh my God, it's the th- I was going to say that'll be coming out on the 13th, which I think is today. So That's it's Friday, either today, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think because the conference is starting now. IBC is starting this weekend, so okay. maybe tomorrow's the first day, and then I'm getting there to speak uh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. So so yeah, I think it actually comes out today or tomorrow. That's uh, kind of cool. And you've seen yeah. it or not? I have. Okay. I've seen the final version. Uh, so it's amazing, and they... I, I got to say, I didn't know how it would be working with a company as big as Adobe uh, to guys like us, Pearl, Yamaha. That's it. I mean, that's, you know, DW, that's as big as it gets. Mm-hmm. And then we go to those places and we're like, wait a minute, you're just a bunch of dudes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just make drums. You're not a real company. You don't know what you're doing. They do obviously know what they're doing, but it's still, there's still a little bit of a, a bro mentality yeah, to yeah. it. Working with something like Adobe was a whole different world. And so... I was really surprised when the video was done how not commercial it was. It It is a three-minute Adobe commercial, but it doesn't feel like it. They really put the focus on our campers and what we're trying to do here and more shifted it to the fact that their products are just my tools for getting me through my day, which would be the same for mm-hmm. you using Logic or whatever. It's yeah. like, okay, well, like if, if Logic asked you to do a commercial form, it's like, well, it's not a lie. I, I have to use this every single day. I'm right. happy to talk about it. Right. So same thing. So is the whole thing Adobe or is they just one corporate sponsor? Of this event? Yeah, like the whole event. So this event is NAM for for oh, co- okay. for consumer like so this is CES for Europe this so is a consumer electronics show okay you're just there representing adobe presenting i'm yep as adobe um, adobe actually has their own it's it's almost like roland at nam how they have their own area yep. so adobe has their own stage their own gotcha. everything and so i'll be on the adobe stage at ibc wait that's exciting yeah, so, so next week I, we'll, I'm, uh, I'm excited We'll see how it goes. I'm looking forward to checking out the video. The preview looked great. It looked awfully dramatic. Not a not a typical oh my gosh. <laughs> Mike no. Johnston vibe. <laughs> no, that I mean they came in with rigs and like you know scaffolding, and I'm like, what are you? 
Dude, would, my my place is like eleven square face. feet. <laughs> you don't need all that. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's a very different thing. And it was. I mean, you and I talked about it on the podcast when it was happening. It was so great for me to see real videographers and real cinematographers do their job because it's like okay in all honesty i'm doing the best i can but i don't really know what i I didn't go to school for this Mm. i'm just doing whatever i can do and to see it be done on a real level was very impressive then to be thinking hmm we must be hitting about a hundred hours of footage by now yeah and you have to make a three-minute video how are you going to edit this so then to see the finished product which i i was not involved in the edit and to see it at the end, I'm going like, wow, like you must have that vision so clear in your head before you ever start shooting mm-hmm. to be able to make the story come together like that. So that was really impressive. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited. You know, Adobe has their own speech coach that's been helping me with things. Cool. So my thought is, even if for some reason this didn't go overly well, it's still going to go super well for me because I'm going to learn so much through the process. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a free lesson. You kind of like a totally graduate level (laughs) lesson. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited about it and I can't wait to share everything when I get back, but I'm hoping the same thing that you and I go through when we do clinics, which is okay. Maybe some people are going to wish it was faster and cooler and more showy, but I might have changed somebody's mind today to actually take a chance on themselves and become a professional drummer. Or we might have stopped somebody from quitting. Maybe they were on the fence about giving up. Mm-hmm. If I can do that with this and cause somebody that's got a little bit in their mind of a dead-end job, and now they're going to take a chance on themselves and take a chance on putting that same effort. Oh, boy. Here comes speech mode. <laughs> um, <laughs> I could feel it coming on. <laughs> but if they if all that effort they've been putting into building someone else's dreams and helping someone else's vision, if they could put that into their own dreams, their own passion, their own vision, if I can make one or two people do that by the end of this week, I'm stoked, man. I would yeah. love to get a letter from somebody that says, hey, three years ago, I saw you in Amsterdam, and this is my business. Sweet, That'd be man. amazing. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That's, yeah. I'm kind of, don't even know what to say at this point. It's, we'll have to just wait and see what happens, you know? Like, yeah. That's a whole new we'll new world. You might be Tony Robbins here in, a, in six months, <laughs> getting paid I'd just much, to talk. <laughs> I'd much rather be Tony Royster. <laughs> if I'm going to be any TR, I'll take Tony Royster. What about you, man? What's going on in your world? Practicing for clinics? Yeah, well, I've got, um, today's Friday, so tomorrow I'm going to be down at Woodland Percussion for the uh, Nikki Moon One Series launch event. Um, oh, cool. He teamed up with Alan at Woodland Percussion because Alan is a, um, I, I think it's laser etching. He's like a master machinist. So really? they, they've created these like custom, you can get graphic, custom graphics put on symbols that aren't paint. It's like laser etching. Super cool. Sure. So he's going to have a bunch of that and his new one series, which I just reviewed for the magazine. So they invited me down just to, you know, do a, a quote unquote clinic. I think it's going to be more of a just demonstration of symbols and what I look for in symbols and how I review symbols symbol specific so I haven't kind of planned it out at all I'm kind of going to see what happens when I get there which is you know I'm kind of at the point where I'm okay with that I think a year ago I would have been like I've got to have 800 handouts and 4 hours of material and I'm like now I'm going to just play some symbols and take some questions and kind of leave it yeah I think also you start to realize once you do these events more and more and you look back on them and reflect on them especially drum events, you realize the the most special parts of those events were the parts you didn't plan on. Yeah. Those were the parts that you remember. The thing that you had totally dialed, it was like, yeah, it was cool. 
It yeah. was exactly what you thought it was going to be. But that thing where something went wrong or somebody asked a question that turned you in a different direction, that was the moment. Yeah. And so I totally agree with you. Yeah. With my drum clinics, I have enough of a form. It's almost like my structure is now my backup plan. My structure is if nothing magical happens, <laughs> right. I will get us through the evening. Yeah. But I'd much rather the magic take over and then what I plan for never even takes place. Yeah, I'm kind of at a, a weird crossroads where I've given similar versions of my clinic enough times where the whole point of what I teach is to not repeat yourself and to explore things in an improvisational way. So once I start feel like I'm falling into the script, I'm like, eh, eh, no, 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 yeah. find something new. Yeah. <laughs> so inevitably yeah. end up just inventing something on the spot. And sometimes it comes out. Okay. Sometimes it doesn't, but the point, the point, the point is, is still the same. to yeah. be, not be afraid to be creative on the kit. So anyway, that's tomorrow. And then uh, I need to make sure to announce if, if you're currently a modern general subscriber, uh, we have a special contest for subscribers only. So if you go to moderndrummer.com backslash VIP, you can enter to win a spot at an upcoming, um, it's the Carl Palmer Prog Rock Camp. So if you're a, a fan of Carl Palmer and you want to enter to win, go to moderndrummer.com VIP. Uh, all you have to do is be a subscriber. There's no other, no other uh, fee or anything like that. So that's happening. And then a week from now, I'm going to be over uh, having some legit... Um, Fish and chips. Fish and chips. Maybe maybe some Guinness. I haven't had Guinness in a while, so we'll see. <laughs> what is the what is the British beer? I was gonna say it's not Guinness. Yeah. Uh, I mean that. I mean it is British, but it's uh, that's definitely Ireland. Um, <laughs> it's still yeah, within th- the same vicinity of one another. I right? think all that matters is that you're at a pub <laughs> instead of a bar. Right. Once you're at a pub, you know things are real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's so. awesome. I know. That's coming up, so I'm, I'm excited. So it, it, and I also just feel you know the summer's ending, so I feel like changing of the season. I've been giving away some, I've been like a giving away of gear and just getting rid of stuff. It's starting to feel nice. It's like harvest nice. season. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that's a cool. beautiful thing. Yeah, that's Very the one cool. thing I Very wish cool. we didn't. I didn't have to deal with seasons, but. This time of year, it's like two weeks now and two weeks in May where I'm like, ah, this is why I live on the East Coast. It's that transition. Mm, Everything in between can just get the heck out of my life. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, man. Hey, I was thinking about the Nikki Moon thing you were talking about and how, just on a business level, how weird it must be when you start doing something like that as a passion, as as a side hobby, and it's just like, and then you happen to be really good at it. And then it starts to kind of take off. There must be this weird point, And, you know, maybe we could even talk to Nikki in the future about it. But, okay, uh, I didn't mean for it to go this well. Do I really want to get into battle with, like, the big companies? Like, I, I was just messing around in my garage. <laughs> well, you know, I, I mean, mean, same thing with, like, Sugar and uh, Cherry Hill, where it's like, uh, dude, but you're kind of killing it. Yeah, there's, now, there's a built-in kind of punk rock vibe where... I mean, he's literally making every lathe and every hammer stroke himself. So how right. many can you actually do? And then at what point do you say, am I no longer that, that alternative? And now, I'm a, now I've got to get the machinery. I mean, it is a, I think he's got a ways to go, but he's certainly, I mean, he's honing his craft. The one series that he just released is his, like, years of research and practice. This is what I think a perfect symbol is. So right. we're going to review those soon. Well, I guess that's what I'm saying is in his mind, is he at a point where he goes, no, I have no desire to compete with that crap ever. I actually will 
even though I could go that direction, I'm going to stay right here. I love doing this. I'm happy with my life. Or do you have that weird moment where you go, oh my God, it's going to change. If I want to compete with Zildjian, Sabian, Minel, Peisty, it's going to have to change. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's, I mean, it's something we all go through. I've had to face it many times with Mike's lessons. Like, okay, we can take on this huge investor but they're going to want more than what I'm doing now. Yeah. So it's going to change. And they're going to be like, you know what? You should bring on like seven or 8,000 other teachers. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> but they're all going to be named Mike. <laughs> yeah. They're like, wait, what? No. I'm no. in. I'm in the club. <laughs> okay. Okay. You, you're in. I would love to have you. By the way, uh, before we get into our educational segment, just because we were speaking about this, Adobe just posted on Instagram. Oh, it's out. Yeah, the video is live. So it's at theblog.adobe.com. That's the fastest way to find it. Theblog.adobe.com. Sweet. So there's a, there's a blog interview and the video all in one little thing. So. That's awesome. I will be checking Holy it out crap. today. Holy <laughs> crap. That's kind of real. Like, I almost cussed. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about Yikes. some drumming. Yes, quickly. All right, quickly. so the October issue is out now. If you have it, there's an uh, article by Kristen Gleason Prada, who is the drummer in the alternative pop band Borns. If you know them, she's a great drummer, very cool band. She, she's been writing a little bit for us. And this one is, um, it was interesting because we had to kind of debate internally, how do we title this thing? Uh, the title is an Inverted par- Paradiddle Diddles. So Inverted Paradiddle Diddles. But I believe she originally had titled it Six Struck Rolls. Right. So, but then immediately in the first, you know, in the intro of the article, she explains that the inverted paradiddle is often commonly referred to as Six Struck Roll, not technically accurate. So we should probably clear that up. Right. And it, it's, it's, a, it's something that is, it's something we can blame YouTube for. All of a sudden, there was this flood of six-stroke roll videos that were the sticking of the six-stroke roll, but not the proper uh, phrasing, if you will. So generally, with a six-stroke roll, I've always thought of it as one note followed by four notes that are twice as fast, followed by another note that's (laughs) half as fast. So you can think of it as a sixteenth, four thirty-second notes in a sixteenth, an eighth, four sixteenths. And an eighth, but really rhythmically, you have da 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 da. Now, I, I want to ask you this: while we stay on that version of it, mm-hmm. have you ever seen it as the fast notes first, the way we would do like a ten-stroke roll? So da 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 da. Yeah, totally. But okay. that was yeah. something I wanted to maybe bat around the idea of when does that cease to be its own separate rudiment? And that's just a five-stroke roll with an extra sixteenth. I think. With a tap. Yeah, I just think of it as a five-stroke roll and then two sixteenths. But I have seen it written that way and also with the sixteenths first and then the diddles. So tap, tap, diddle, diddle. Yeah, and that to me almost becomes a rhythm itself. I I think – and then what – so what – for any of you that are confused out of your mind, (laughs) if we start with the traditional six-stroke roll, let's say sixteenth – Two uh, four thirty second notes in sixteenth. We have da 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 da. So you can feel it as one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and. And then we started taking what she's talking about in this article, the paradiddle diddle, which is the exact same number of strokes and the same rights and lefts, but we just inverted it and took that sticking of the six stroke roll da 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 and got rid of. Really, the rhythm, 
Yeah, we just smoothed it all out. And it became a really great way for people to play triplets. Whether you feel this as eighth note triplets, one and a two and a three and a four and a one and a, or sixteenth note triplets, one and a one and a two and a two and a three and a three and. And that's how she's using it in this article. But it is something that if you started playing drums in the YouTube era, the sixteenth note triplet version of this, that is the six stroke roll. You don't know any different. Yeah, I don't. And I think there's, you know, there's, there's debate of traditional versus, you know, what is. What's the tradition? Do you need to learn the tradition? Or do you just accept that it's called a six-stroke roll now? I'm kind of on the fence. I don't think if anyone, if a student came to me and said, I want to learn some six-stroke roll fills and grooves, I would know they meant triplets. I would just automatically know that. So what I feel necessary to correct them and say, well, actually, what you really mean is (laughs) the inverted paradiddle-diddle. I don't think so. I mean, probably it's good to make them aware that, by the way, what you're calling a six-stroke roll is is a different interpretation. It's maybe the Steve Gadd version of a six-stroke roll. Sure, but I think yeah. we, you know we kind of have to we have to ease on on the the tradition jargon. I think it's the same thing when we discuss yeah. cross sticks and rim clicks and rim shots. I mean, if you know you're getting your point across, now rim shot can be a weird one because if if Someone says, "Give me, give me strong rim shots," and you're crushing what we know is a rim shot, but they actually meant like rim clicks. <laughs> you know, that right. could be a problem, but you'll know within five but, seconds. But yeah, exactly. The the situation. If I'm sitting in at the Sacramento Youth Symphony to help out, and they say rim shot, I'm not thinking really. You want me to swing for the? F-? It's like I know what you want. I got it. I, I know the environment. I'm wearing black pants and a white button down t shirt, or not t shirt, button down shirt. I know what you want. And then if I'm playing with a dude named, I don't know, Muffy, and he's got tattoos on his neck, and he says rim shots, I know what he wants. He wants me to hit the snare louder. <laughs> that, that happens a lot, by the way. Muffy. Muffy, the bass Muffy. player. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yo, I need some rim shots. He's not talking about what I consider to be a cross stick so, or rim click. So that being said, if we have this 16th note triplet thing, mm-hmm. we've got a single at the beginning and a single at the end and then in the middle is two doubles so you have right left left right right left right left left right right left right left left right one two three four one two three four one yeah right and that's where so let's say that that's where her article is starting yeah and and we like at least for me the the doors open wide open when i say okay that's the that's the six stroke roll played as triplets but it's really just a paradiddle diddle starting on a different spot so then right. then i start to see how it's all related oh i can just play if i just learn paradiddle diddles and learn how to start them on each part of the triplet i'm mm-hmm. getting all these inversions that intellectually it's still just one thing it's just a paradiddle diddle that's starting on different spots even though we might call it right. an inverted paradiddle diddle or a six stroke roll so you learn all the different versions of this thing now you've got this vocabulary that doesn't sound like you're playing a lick anymore you can kind of right. weave in and out of them so she kind of starts there giving you the traditional paradiddle diddle as triplets and then inverts it and then for the rest of the piece essentially it's applying that to the drum set with some variation right. so the most think, obvious application oh, is putting the right hand on the hi-hat left hand ghosting on the snare and then moving the right hand over to smack the back beats. Right. And I think by if you want to really dial in your bass note placement on this stuff, you can obviously go through a grid. But getting used to that 
thing before you get on the kit if you can't sing the bass drum part while playing this on a pad you're probably not going to put the bass drum part in the right spot yeah it gets real tricky real fast yeah. yeah i think a good exercise would be just to sit on your pad do six stroke rolls and number three just has the bass drum on one so boom two three four boom two Number four, the bass drum gets quite a bit tougher. Hey, yeah, right Wish away. me the best. <laughs> Are you nervous for me right now? Because yes, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> boom, boom. Dun, dun. Da, doom. Duka. Dun, dun. Duka. Da, doom. Duka. Dun, dun. Duka. Da, doom. And then number five. Hmm. <laughs> boom, boom. Dun, dun. Duka. Dun, dun. Ka. Dun, dun. Duka. I'm going to stop. Yeah. Well done. Deep breath. <laughs> Uh, now, normally I wouldn't be nervous doing that, but this is live. That's a little bit <laughs> freaky to sight read that while doing that on a desk. No, you nailed it. And I think you subtly did what I think is important is to relate the bass drum to the backbeat. To the, yeah, cat. Yeah. yeah. And then what she goes straight into is not taking it out of triplets, and now you phrase it as 16th notes. So now you're playing this, um, it's a th- sort of a three against four kind of interpretation where, yeah. the, where the the phrasing of the sticking forces you to accent the one the end of two and then four and then it starts over yeah so that gives you one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and, uh. very cool phrasing for sure and yeah so that's, that's so oh god well you you go ahead I'm just excited to know. Um, I, I'm actually a fan of her band. I, I didn't, but I'm a fan of just the music. I've never gone and researched who's in the band. Oh yeah, is it a band? I didn't even know if it was a band. I thought it might just be an artist. Um, but that's now I'm excited to dig into this, especially when you know, like, when I see an article written by band guy or band girl, and I'm like, oh crap, you know your stuff. <laughs> you didn't just luck into your band. <laughs> right. That makes me super excited. You know, because we've all played with drummers where the band was very good and then when you said let's just work on some paradiddle inversions they're like i don't know what that means like, <laughs> okay no big deal all good all good but when i know that they know their stuff you know when i when i found out that travis barker could really march and play those yeah. marching chops yeah. i was like okay now i have a different level of respect for you You can play man now uh, so i'm actually really excited to dig into Kristen's playing i wonder if it's just you know the the sample group that we you know our our sample group but i feel like drummers as a whole have become way more uh, educated over the years i think they have access to it yeah i guess you're um, right like i don't know, you know when many i was just like straight like completely self-taught don't know what they're doing at all drummers i don't know any if, if it's any of those that i know it's probably because they're more of a songwriter or something yeah i when i was touring like back in in my rock days i came into contact with a lot of guys and girls that were self-taught because they literally said, oh, we don't have any drum teachers in our area. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, just go to your local store. They're like, we don't even have a local store. <laughs> right. you know, if I'm in a small town, okay. And then eventually when the YouTube thing caught on, everyone had access to education. And so I think now you, it's, it's funny, you can't learn anything until you know what to search for on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what it is, even not drum related. And so you almost have to learn the terms so you can search for the terms. Yeah. 
And so you have to know what a six-stroke roll is so that you can search for six-stroke roll licks to hey, go practice on the kit. By the way, anyone out there looking to create content, Mike just gave you a hint. <laughs> it's not that difficult. I'm in speech mode. Everything right now is like deliver as much value as possible. I mean, that, was, that right there, gold. We should end the show. If you're looking to start a YouTube channel, rewind what he just said. I'm not going to tell you. you got to dig for it. He just gave you a gold mine of content. <laughs> All right, moving forward. So Kristen crushed it, uh, and I'm excited to get into this. I think, like you said, right off the bat, we're dealing with bass drum placement. That's that's one thing, but I think most of us are used to that. What she did with number six and number seven, that's when it's like, okay, can you keep this six-stroke roll that your brain has decided absolutely is a triplet bass thing? Can you keep that pattern going once you get into 16th notes? Yeah, and I love that she started with grooves instead of what everyone starts with which is the rolling fills the steve yad fills she saved that for the end like oh yeah by the way this is what everyone does with six rope rolls but you know that's if you want to be one of those people <laughs> yeah, one of those people all right everybody we'll, uh, check out Kristen's article the inverted inverted paradiddle diddles it's in the strictly technique section of this month's modern drummer So this this most featured artist is a drummer that I I'm kind of embarrassed that I didn't know earlier. Um, his name is Dan Bailey. He's he's um, longtime uh, musical director and touring drummer for Father John Misty, um, and he's never been a teacher before. But he decided he was going to create this online course on essentially studio drumming from soup to nuts like how to how to tune the drums and how to mic the drums and how to play appropriately depending on the tracks you're doing um i was knocked out by just the the candor candor and authenticity of the way he presented the stuff you could tell that it was just this is what he does every single day and it it came across that way so it's it's on um, vimeo so if you go to vimeo.com on demand it's the bailey method um, I highly recommend it if you know if you just need a quick primer on drum tuning concepts of of tuning you know myth busting all that kind of stuff. Um, but he's he's a really great drummer too. I've actually first, I guess I first saw him on Instagram. It was just a like this guy when I saw his video. I was like, wow, this guy is on another level. Like this. He's not just an Instagram right. drummer. And then I dug in, like, oh, okay, he's been touring around the world for the he's past. He's doing it for real. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Isn't that a weird thing that we are all playing beats, beats and fills? I mean, that's yeah. really what we're all doing. But every once in a while, you come across somebody where you go, hmm, that's the exact same thing that everyone else is playing, but somehow it's deeper. Yeah. And I, and I just know this person has really dedicated their life to this craft, even in this simple groove mm-hmm. that most first year students can play you can hear it it's a weird thing yeah yeah it's in the, it's in the command and it's also in the sound quality like his touch mm-hmm. is beautiful um he's real conscious of everything as far as the balance of the instrument when he plays and so if you check um there's a tons of footage of him playing with father john misty if you want to get him you know a, a glimpse of what he does live but i highly recommend you follow his instagram page because he's always posting in the studio kind of clips of him you know this is the setup i'm using with this snare drum and uh, it's all very authentic and real. And then also check out his The Bailey Method video. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think the preview for his course 
is really good at at least letting you know, do you want to spend the money on this? It's an expensive course, yeah. but it's worth it for sure. And you would spend a lot less than that going to engineering school. Yeah, for but sure. But I think the, the good thing is his one-minute preview clip, he does a great job of telling you exactly what you're going to learn. So you don't have to go, I okay, I guess, here we go. Yeah, um, I, I found it to be really interesting how he decided to just, pretty much what you said, the soup-to-nuts version of, I'm just going to walk you through this. Yeah, and it's it's like a it's like a counter, but also complementary to Aaron Sternling's master classes, where Aaron, yeah, he just doesn't want to talk about drum tuning and stuff like that. He, he just right. just make the drum sound good. I'll, t- I'll tell you what I'm going for, and this is how I did it. But you know, Dan literally changes the drum head in real time, and you go from nothing to a gorgeous sound. And my favorite spot in the snare drum, one of the snare drum tuning chapters. He's trying to show how he does that, uh, like he detunes lugs to get a fat sound. It didn't sound right the first time. He's like, well, I'm going to just redo it. And he just started over and did it again. And that really? was really important for me to see there is no fail-safe solution. It's like, okay, this works usually. This time it didn't. I'm going to start over. And the next time it was yeah. beautiful. So that was really cool. I've done that a few times where somebody wants a trick. Like we, uh, who was it? Um, I think we were listening to... Uh, Steve Jordan play Vultures by John Mayer, but it was a video. We were all out in the lobby watching it, and everyone was like, that's the snare sound. I'm like, dude, I can show you how to get that in two seconds. <laughs> go in my room. We're going to back out the two tension rods right next to your crotch. Here we go. And it went, Poing! and I was like, oh, shiza. I was like, well, normally that works. Uh, and so, so yeah, I, I totally agree. Sometimes you have to mess with it. And when you get to see somebody at that level that does it for a living that does it on the highest professional level it's still hey you're still dealing with a drum these yeah. things are finicky it is organic matter and and random pieces of plastic and metal it's imperfect uh, so he was real you know in our interview he was it was a nice dichotomy of like yes i have a method and it almost always works but there is no science to this stuff it ultimately right. comes down to experience that's why I liked his approach because I'm always getting questions. I got one just the other day. Can you tell me exactly how you got that snare drum sound? I'm like, I mean, there's so many details into that. I can give you the heads. Right. I can give you the pitch. I can tell you the drum. I can tell you the mics I'm using. But from there, it was just that day that drum just cooperated. I can't. Ultimately, oh, man, I can't. What a, that's exactly what it is. There are times where I go, man, my symbols are just cooperating. Thank you, guys. Because right. yesterday, y'all were pulling some bull crap on me. Yeah. Thank you for Who doing knows? your job today. It's so funny. Last night, the band played for the campers, and the drum set just wanted to be there. Hmm. And everything I played, I was, you know, like in a camp, that's going to usually be my worst drumming because i haven't practiced for a week i've only been teaching mm-hmm. so the only time sticks are in my hand is when i'm showing somebody something else so by the time the band gets here on thursday night i'm, I'm a little rusty and last night it was one of those things where the drums were doing their job so well i actually really relaxed as a drummer because mm. because a single note sounded beautiful so i play two yeah, one's fine right. and it was it was a cool thing for sure um well everyone definitely check out if you want to go to his website, it's drichardbailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y, dot com. And I think one thing that all of us can gain from going there, one, it's a very simple website. Thank you, uh, Richard, or Dan, excuse me, for making this so easy to navigate. But when you see remote recording at Trackland Studio, 
that is something I think everyone should take something from, which is we are in a new place right now where remote recording is extremely popular. And mm-hmm. you, everyone used to say back in the day, I want to get into session drumming, but we only have one studio in my town and there's one guy that does all the sessions. That's not the case anymore. If you can build a brand for yourself yep. then and you can get some good mics and slowly over time some good pre's and learn how to do your stuff, you can record just like Brother Dawson does just like Dan Bailey does, and you can actually start to generate an income. My God, this speech won't stop. <laughs> I just said generate an income. <laughs> All right, so Dan is, he is a great drummer. He's a real real honest. Um, but yeah, check out his site. Um, definitely follow his Instagram page. That's There's some real juicy bits on there. Uh, great drum sounds. Probably some of the best snare real drum juicy sounds. juicy bits. Yeah, man. God, Dawson. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so uh, on Instagram, it's at D Richard Bailey. Yeah, it's not Dr. Richard. Him. I was calling him Dr. Richard. I thought because he was in Father John Misty, everyone had silly names, that he was Dr. I, Richard. <laughs> that was the first thing I saw. I was like, man, he's so badass, he doesn't even put the R in the period. It's just D. <laughs> D Richard Bailey. So Dan Bailey um, and D Richard Bailey on Instagram. All right. All right. At this time, we have to remind you about our sponsors. In particular, we've got this, uh, we've got a special promo and a, a drum event coming up. So listen carefully. Doc Sweeney Drums is hosting a drum hang in Chicago on September 21st from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. That is, uh, again, on September 21st. If you're in Chicago, this will be at Rock Space Studios, which is located on 2736 West Chicago Avenue. Um, they are going to have, um, they're bringing a bunch of stuff. They're going to have their new classic collection and their Legend Series snares, as well as a few of their gorgeous single-ply steam-bent drum kits. Um, check them out. If you haven't seen Doc Sweeney's drums, this is a good opportunity to um, you know, see them in the flesh and play them. There's, there's a different experience when you're playing a solid-shell kit um, that you really have to sit behind. It doesn't quite translate 100% if you just watch stuff on YouTube. So go, if you're in Chicago, go to the drum hang for Doc Sweeney Drums on Rock at the Rock Space Studios on September 21st from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, you can RSVP by calling 773-680-5340. That is 773-680-5340. That's for the Doc Sweeney Drums drum hang in Chicago on September 21st. Our other sponsor is a new company called Movement Drum Company. They have a four-in-one practice pad, which gives you multiple surfaces um, within one 12-inch pad. It also has a rim, so if you want to practice, um, it's a good pad for practicing rudimental style stuff because you can use the rim shots. Um, it also has different um, inserts. So there's the standard hard rubber uh, insert, and then there's also a conditioning insert which is a little bit softer. You put that on top of um, you know, the built-in rubber pad, and that is great for chops building and endurance. There's also a laminated insert, which is a thin laminate that you put and put on top of the pad that gives you a lot more articulation, which would be great if you're going to be uh, working on you know, drum, drum solo, like snare drum rudimental solos with other drummers, drumline style stuff, or if you just want a little bit more sound, a little more articulation, uh, rather than the soft rubber or the standard rubber sound and there's also um, a brush insert for practicing brushes and then there's a soft side 
um, a quieter side on the underside of the pad. So check them out. Now here's the deal. If you want to order one, you use um, go to movementdrum.co and then you can get 10% off if you enter the promo code Modern Drummer 10. That's Modern with a capital M, Drummer with a capital D, and then the numbers 10 Modern Drummer 10. That'll get you 10% off your order. Plus there'll be free shipping if you're in the U.S. So check them out, Movement Drum Co. There's a bunch of videos on their site that kind of shows everything that's happening. Um, again, it's a 12-inch practice pad, double-sided, has rim, um, comes with these other inserts to give it you know, a lot of different versatility for different things. So check them out, movementdrum.co. Use the promo code MODERNDRUMMER10. That's capital M, capital D, and then the number 10, Modern Drummer 10 That'll get you 10% off your order. All right, now it's time to check out something that is slightly out of my wheelhouse, but still beautiful instruments. The Peisty 2002 Extreme Crashes. Um, the What did they send me? They sent me 18, 19, and 20-inch sizes. So these are big, loud, bold, but still beautiful-sounding Peisty cymbals. Um, they are the, I guess it's the B8 um, bronze that's what I was going to say. So for people that aren't familiar with the 2002 line, it is the one thing that you can always point to when somebody says B8 is crap. Yeah, right. No. You can say, really? Because yeah. these are full-blown pro-level symbols. <laughs> yeah. um, so B8 may be crap unless you're Swiss. If you're Swiss, then you can make <laughs> diamonds out of anything because <laughs> these things always sound great. They always do their job, and they are B8 bronze. Yeah, so the um, these would be... For, for situations where you need the loudest cymbal sound you can imagine, but you also want it to sound beautiful and glassy. It's not a it's not a brood where you just need something that punches you in the face. You still want that classic Pisces sound, but these were ones where I felt like I could not hit them too hard. Like they just kept going and going. It was like a muscle car for cymbals. Like, I like that description. <laughs> All right, well, let's give them a listen. Okay, we have to come back now. Where did you get that guitar riff from? You can thank Apple Loops for that one. I was like, you know what? These that symbols are so going to be so... It's not going to make sense if there's not a wall of distortion, at least, right. to play did with. You, did you type in palm mute to the search engine? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm sure, it had, I'm sure it had riff in the... In the yeah, titles. riffs. Palm mute riff. Uh, seven string palm mute riff. That was awesome, man. Okay, first off... You described them perfectly. That's exactly what they sound like. And they sound like something where YouTube videos, okay, that's one thing. But we're talking about going on. These, to me, are stage symbols. Yeah. These, Take yeah. them out. Compete with your guitarist that won't stop buying 
guitar cabs. Yeah. He's got five Marshall heads, yep. compete and with I, the wall of Ampeg fridges. I, and there's a strange phenomenon that I think if if you don't play a lot of live, like big production shows, you'll never experience where the instrument becomes something totally different. Like the totally. like all the cool, subtle nuances you like in your room, you get on a big stage and you're like there's nothing. It's there's a silent instrument, and that goes for drums, yes. snare drums, cymbals. I've had drum sets that are sound huge and fat in my studio. Take them to a bigger room, and it's it's like I'm I'm punching through the heads. There's nothing, yeah. nothing coming back. So these, the full experience. I mean that that rev- that video was in a tiny home studio. So you're in here and all the, the overtones and stuff. But take those things to a, a big room with two guitars cranking. You're gonna, right. It's going to be so easy. No, I think it'd be amazing. I mean, honestly, like the the jig jig in me. <laughs> and at the time that I was touring, I was a Pisces artist. So it's like, oh, man, I would have absolutely used these. I mean, I was touring and being a Pisces artist at the time where they had the dimensions, the oh, yeah. innovations. Right. And those are where I was trying to go. But now, looking back on that time, I absolutely would have used these crashes. The other thing that strikes me, and maybe it's just the overhead angle, so you're going to need to speak to this. Those bells look awfully massive for they being are. on crashes. They okay. are. Yeah, they were they were wider and and bigger than I expected. I don't know if that's standard for 2002. I didn't have any other regular 2002. It's not. To. I mean, I've, I've never seen that. Um, and I I remember speaking with Minel as we were working on some crash symbols together about just how much the bell influences the entire symbol. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I have even spoke on, about it on here. So one thing I noticed right when you started playing them was that you definitely could play on the top of them some crashes there's no reason to ever play on the top of them they're just too thin yeah but you could get in like if you were doing what you did and playing some subtle stuff around the cymbals you would hear like i call it raindrops like hey man just Mm -hmm. give me some raindrops on the cymbals you could do that on these for sure and hear the clarity and the stick definition yeah for sure so if you're if you're looking for something that can really cut but still sound you don't want to sacrifice musicality um, which is kind of hard. That's a hard thing to find, a real durable, True. loud symbol that also has some musicality and nuance. You know, Pisces always always delivers. So these are the 2002 Extreme Crashes. Um, I think they might have had smaller ones in the past, but these are the big guys. So 18, 19, 20, as, you know, as big and bold as you could ever, ever need. Beautiful. Check them out. All right. It is time to get into some listener questions. Yeah, we've got all audio questions. Let's start with, uh, we have Brian. Okay. Hi, guys. Brian from London, UK here. Very excited to see Mike Dawson's clinic in London on September 24th, finally getting to use his passport. I was wondering if Mike Johnson has any tips for drummers who are traveling abroad as opposed to those on the local tour bus. Any tips for traveling with drum equipment in planes, hand luggage, electronics, packing things safely, and things for Mike to watch out for, like hiding his narcotics and other illegal substances? Safe travels, Mike. What? I have never ingest, ingested a narcotic in my life. Even after a surgery, I didn't. I didn't take any narcotics. So I'm, I'm with you. I, you and I are both on the straight edge bus up there. Uh, now, as far as smuggling multiple pounds of green tea that I know yeah. people are going to see, that, that does actually problem, happen, right? Yeah, a, a lot of the tea that I have, it doesn't. I don't keep it in its natural container, so it is in like Ziploc bags. 
and it's just little nuggets of green tea. <laughs> like, uh, so I am fully aware with that. All right, they're gonna go, the dogs are gonna get into this stuff. Fine, no big deal. Uh, let's talk about gear. Yes. Uh, so what I do is I only the only two pieces of gear I ever travel with are snare drum and cymbals. My snare drum is a carry on item for me, so it isn't in it's in a, a head armor case soft case and that is always with me on my person goes in the overhead bin the only thing i I don't do carry on luggage especially international travel you're going to be checking your luggage Mm -hmm. so i check my symbols and i check my luggage and then i just have a backpack and my snare drum that i carry with me my cowbell is actually in my snare case as well so that's all with me uh no i've never had a problem with any of that stuff and if the only thing is if at security there's a drummer, unfortunately, he's going to be like, what do you got there? A Ludwig Black Beauty? <laughs> yeah, can, can we just hurry this up, bro? Um, so that's that's that. And then for checking my cymbals, I actually check them in a soft bag as well. But it is the Head Armor soft bag, which has these extremely thick dividers. And I put all of my cymbals in the middle of the entire bag. So there's okay. like three symbol dividers on each side of all of my symbols. I don't separate them. Oh, so, and I've, <clears throat> and I've traveled with that probably close to a hundred times internationally now, and I've never had a problem. Although that being said, who was it? Was it uh spot or Mark? Somebody at 21 drums, I think just had a problem where they checked their symbols in not the best of, I can't remember who it was, um, but they checked their symbols in not the best of bags, and it actually came back highly dented. Sweet. So, yeah. So I, I, I can – I'm just saying this. I've been a head armor case artist for a while, but I don't have, like, some massively close relationship with them. That symbol bag is no joke, man. Yeah. yeah, I, I love that, that thing. That's a good one. Uh, what about electronics? I'm, I'm paranoid about – because I'm trying to only take the absolute minimum, so I'm going to take the Roland uh, – SPD one pad wave pad, yep. which is battery powered, so I don't have to worry about any any issues with with cables. But it kind of looks like it could be some kind of bomb. <laughs> it's, it's they're pretty good at figuring that stuff out. I mean, it depends on where you're going. There are places that I go to where I'm I will not check anything that I'm not willing to lose. Honestly, oh, okay. uh, like certain countries, UK is not a problem. Yeah, really, they're very good at everything they do over there. So, uh, do you think the, the one uh, thing? Do you think oh, the LR mount would pass through security? Because it, it could very well be a pummeling device. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll. I'm sure it'll be fine. So you're thinking about keeping that on your person, like in your backpack or something? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to just travel as minimal as possible, and that I was yeah. hoping to just have everything. You know, it's only. It's only a day and a half that I'm there, so I don't. Yeah, need- the only thing I would say is just be willing. Just get there early enough that you can explain everything. But yeah. no, it's not. I've, I've never had any problems. I mean, there's an L bracket for my cowbell mount that's in my snare case, and they've never stopped me to even look in my snare case ever. Oh, okay. So, right, well, so I think you'll be just fine. We shall um, see. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, next, let's do. Uh, let's do one more. You pick. Uh, let's go with a large order of Zach Var, our boy from Hawaii. Hey, Mike and Mike, I have a question about bass drums. About seven months ago or so, I placed an order for a Thomas Star Walnut Kit. I got it in the mail. It's amazing. I'm ridiculously happy. I have a 10x7, 12x8, 16x16, and 22x14. And when I placed the order, I originally had the preconceived idea that I was going to buy a second bass drum 
just for more sound options as well as a 14 by 14 floor tom it's just what i could afford at the time which is still a ridiculous amount but now that i've been paying it off i am wondering what size bass drum do you think would benefit someone who already has a 22 by 14 do you think a 20 by 14 would be a little bit too close and i should go with the 18 by 14 all of the questions in regards to them what do you guys think would be more beneficial Thank you both. I very much appreciate you guys. Man, what a well thought out question. Yeah, I think we're probably unanimous. Twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, but what <clears throat> what threw me off just a tiny bit was our uh, our audio from last week's podcast with Richard Spaven saying he cannot get the sound he's going for without an eighteen. So I think mm. um, I think it comes down to what else are you going to play musically besides that 22 by 14 what are you going to do with that 22 by 14 for me if it was me and zach i've had you at camp i know you're playing really well i would go 20 by 14 and that would probably have a pillow in it and some sort of heads that have a tiny bit of muffling it just becomes your punchy kick and when i say pillow i just mean any kind of dampening that makes it a punchy kick and then i would use that 22 by 14 to have maybe single ply heads and a towel and just go a little car lock on it mm. and have like a nice big open sound. And that's only based off of seeing Zach play. He plays when he plays at his best. And I don't know what his gigs are at home, but when he plays at his best, it's a very modern Anderson Pock style of drumming. Okay. So I think the 20, 20 by 14 would be your home run bass drum. Yeah. I think um, it's funny cause I would actually do the opposite, but I think that, that's to the point. I would have the 22 padded up and punchy, and I would put single okay. ply coated heads on the 20. Therefore, I can get like an old Motown sound, or I could right. I could throw a, a towel in it and get a, a a really punchy sound. So, I think the point is a 20. You can tighten it up and use single ply heads, no muffling. You can make it sound like a bebop drum. In fact, Max Roach and a lot of guys use 20s. They didn't use 18s. And then right. you can have, do the same thing with a 22 single ply coated heads with maybe felt strips and it's going to sound big and boomy like classic rock and then you can pat them both up and have really punchy all-purpose sounds out of either one i think the difference between an 18 uh and a 20 is not that massive uh, unless you're going bop i mean the 18 just kind of starts to sing when you crank the hell out of it but if you're just going for a punchy kick 18 and 20 somewhat similar mm-hmm 20 to 22 is actually a massive difference. It is, yeah. I just played my 22 by 14 instead of my 20 for the campers because I have a 22 Brooklyn. And they were just like, huh? I'm like, yeah, that's two inches difference. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a totally different animal. And the other thing, Zach, is I think um, with a 22, there is more volume to it. So by having that 20, it'll also give you the ability to play quieter gigs and bring it down. But I think what both Mike and I are saying is the same thing, which is those two bass drums give you so many options. If you want Bonham, go single ply heads on your 22. It'll actually sing like a 24. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you want bop single ply heads on your 20 and crank it up and you will, I mean, a lot of people just like Mike said, don't know that twenties were actually the jazz bass drum more than 18s were for a long time. Mm -hmm. 18 was like more modern trying to find an 18 inch Gretsch, bass drum is almost impossible yeah that's why it's so freaking expensive yeah and 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 20s are everywhere because that was the norm back then so good luck zach cool yeah we'll save we have two more audio questions if you want to send in yours to be included next week send it to mdinfo at modern drummer.com um 
yeah, that's it. Let's move into our picks of the week. What do you got? Okay, I'm super excited this week because I think this could help a lot of people. Uh, right now, when you're filming yourself, do you know what your closest focal length is? Like, what's your close-up lens? Do you have a 35, a 50? I've got a 50. Awesome. I've got a 50. You have a 50? Yeah. Okay. So that's my my main lens. Now, you can obviously go a lot closer than that. You can go an 85 or 100 or even a, a 200. But for a drum set, a 50 would be considered a close-up lens, especially if you're on a crop sensor. My 50 mil is the Canon 50 mil 1.2 L series. Right now... Those are the prices come down a ton, and those are going for fourteen hundred dollars. Mm. I think that's a bit cost prohibitive for the average person. It's like, dude, I'm just making Instagram videos. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so, if you have a modern DSLR, pick this up. It's the Pentax uh, Asahi Takumar 50 mil lens. I'll say that again: Pentax Asahi Takumar 50 mil 1.4. 1.4 means this is a very fast lens. This lens was popular in the 70s. So this is a, a lens from the 1970s. It's not new. Okay. And it has an M42 mount. You can get an adapter, an M42 adapter to go to your Canon camera is going to cost you $9. So the Photo Deox Pro lens mount adapter is $9. This lens, if you get it used, uh, I can find it right now for $115. Oh, wow. Used, great condition. I really cannot tell the difference between those two lenses, and I've been testing them out. Mm. Now, the only thing you lose, besides a modern lens, but there's no autofocus. But think about what you're going to do with this lens. You're going to park it next to your floor tom or next to your hi-hats. You're going to grab focus, and you're going to hope it never changes. So it's no big deal that it's a manual focus lens at all. Uh, So I I started going through and buying a bunch of old canon glass from the 70s which would be their fd series and then this one was the one that was recommended by the most people so the pentax asahi asahi takumar 50 mil 1.4 lens and yeah you can save yourself a grand and get that look and get that buttery depth of field because it's a 1.4 so you're gonna have super shallow depth of field Uh, and then you just get an adapter for your nikon or your canon or your sony and they're really easy to get you just find out oh it's an m42 lens mount so you get an m42 lens mount adapter that goes to sony canon or nikon and you're set great that's a nice hack there there you go very cool so my pick is going to be you know part drum history just also the outro music and also just a regular pick of the week so rather than try to go through his whole career art blakey is the drummer i wanted to highlight which um if you're a fan of jazz you know he's largely credited with creating and maintaining the 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 hard bop style of jazz which is more of a r&b groovy version of what we think of bebop he played that music all the way through to the end of his his life um and i think it's incredibly timeless and incredibly um it's an easy gateway into jazz if you're not a super fan of of modern jazz quote unquote you can listen to any art blakey record and it's going to be awesome there's going to be a great shuffle there's going to be some kind of latin sounding stuff and something really really swinging um i don't think he gets enough credit for his his inventiveness as a soloist so the record that I'm going to suggest is called The Freedom Rider. He's also an activist. So, I mean, he's just an amazing character to, to kind of trace to his career. But the album is called The Freedom Rider. And the track in particular is called The Freedom Rider. It is a seven and a half minute drum solo full of 
different scenes and and grooves and it's very cool so we're actually going to just end the show with that piece um that's my pick of the week that'll be our outro but the whole record is amazing um so the freedom rider by art blakey art blakey was kind enough to give us an outro groove yeah, that's man. amazing yeah we did. are blowing up <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll have to pitch it up or down a little bit. No, we're gonna we're gonna see what happens. I think this is this is just a masterpiece of solo drumming. It's primal. It's it's sophisticated. It's groovy. Um, it's really amazing. So that's it for the show. You got to go teach. I got to go teach camp and then head off to Amsterdam. Hope to see some of you guys there. But until then, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Later, brother. All right. See you next week. Good luck. Thanks, bud. <laughs>